Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. All right, so let's, let's see how good we are. 1982, who is the artist that sang the song? Alabama, I heard it from somebody. So Alabama sang that song in 1980, or 1992, sorry, it came out, was released in August. So here's the question I have for you. For those of you who are mature enough, I think that's my right word I should use, to know how 1992 was versus how things are today, which one's more hectic, today or 1992? Today. So my question is thought about it all day, or yesterday was, wonder what they'd sing today. You know, because in 1992, they sang, I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. But the reality is, we do that today, do we not? I mean, you've heard me say this before. We live in a, a time and a culture that we run faster than we ever imagined. In fact, doing some research this week on, on how things go, uh, I've learned that that uh, we just live at a pace in this century versus the last one, 10% faster than what we've done in the last 10 years. Uh, On top of that, data that we get is faster today than it was a century ago by 100%. Show of hands, how many, some of you are too young, some of you are mature enough to remember this. How many remember the dial-up? Yeah, the dial-up. Hannah's going, the dial-up? What's the dial-up, Dad? That's when you got in, you kicked your computer, and it, you know, it's ringing that bell, and you're trying to figure out, Lord, let me get online. And then you long for that, you've got mail. Now, all you have to do, you know, for most of us is, I mean, I can send a document, in a matter of moments, it can be around the world. And that person receives it. So data has, has improved 100% in the last 10 years. In fact, somebody who's doing the research said, in, in the last little bit, uh, in the last 10 years, we walk faster than, than we did 10 years ago. I mean, think about it. Uh, if, you, if you go out for a walk in your neighborhood, or how fast do you walk? Uh, one blogger was writing, I was looking this week, and, she was talking about having a syndrome of frustration with slow people. And she was out for a leisurely walk with her best friend and they were walking and she finally found herself, they were walking to a restaurant downtown, she finally found herself frustrated at her friend saying, if she doesn't hurry up, we cannot be friends any longer. I mean, it was just supposed to be a nice leisurely walk. But she realized, that there's nothing leisurely about walking anymore. You, you, you go at a pace. I mean, think about it. Think about what you do now versus what you did 10 years ago. Now, some of you go, well, I'm retired. It's a lot easier. But at the same time, think about your retirement versus your parents. I, I, I tell my parents all the time, they're the most active, going, retired people. They're, they're busier retired than they were when they worked. Um, we live in a society that everything moves at a pace that's unreal. And the thing is, that's not how God designed us to do it. 
That's not what God intended for you and I to do. In fact, when it comes to Sunday, I can remember the day, I guess I'm in the mature category or the young mature, I'm gonna keep it to the young mature. I can remember the day when you didn't have activities on Sunday or Wednesday. It was just for the church. Now it's travel ball, it's this, it's that. I can remember when very few restaurants were open. Uh, Now we take your pick unless it's Chick-fil-A. Life has changed and in changing, listen, I'm, you know, if you know me, you know I like change. But some changes are not always good. So this morning I want to ask you to take your Bibles and go to Exodus chapter 20. And I know we've just spent a year and a half in Exodus, but when we came to these verses in Exodus, we've kind of grouped them. And I want to just focus on the fourth commandment that God gives us in Exodus 20. So if you have your Bibles, would you stand as we honor the reading of God's holy word? Exodus 20 verses 8 and following. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You're to labor six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, your male or female servants, your livestock, or the resident alien who is within your city gates. Verse 11, for the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and declared it holy. You may be seated. Here's the big idea I want you to catch this morning. For believers, God has commanded us to rest so that we can reflect on his great love and not lose sight of his glory. Catch that for a second. It's a command that God gives us. In fact, if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's the longest of all the ten. It's important for us to to stop and to realize what is being said here. He didn't just quickly run by this and say, rest. He made sure he, he gave us the, the what, the how, and the why. He told us that we are to, to rest. So he commands us to, to rest so that we can reflect on his great love and not lose sight of his glory. For, for family, I, I just think there's something we've got to hear today. And on Father's Day, dads, we lead the charge, but moms, you are as much a part of this as dads are, in that we've got to slow down and pay attention, or we're going to lose sight of a holy God. That we're going to run so fast that we get so caught up that our love relationship with God is going to, to dwindle to an acknowledgement of God. And so in this text, what I want to do is share with you four things this morning that we find in this text. Remember, he tells us the what, the how, and the why. And so let's let's unpack that. The first thing is we are to remember it, he tells us. 
remember the Sabbath day. Now, there are a lot of things we remember and there's a lot of ways to remember. Some things we remember are not important. Some things are very important for us to remember, right? I mean, think about it. Um, you tell me if this is important or unimportant. Uh, uh, dr picking up dry cleaning, important or unimportant on the scale of things? Well, you're really not helping me today. Important or unimportant? Unimportant, I guess, unless you don't have any clothes, then maybe it might be important, all right? Um, your wife's or husband's birthday? Or you didn't even, all right? Important, and I learned that lesson, didn't I, honey? I remembered this week. So, uh, important lesson. Medicine at the pharmacy, important or unimportant? Important. See, well, there are things in life that we go and we know are important that we're not going to miss. For example, if there are medications that you take that you know are critical to your health, when it's time to get those refilled, you get them refilled and you're taking them. But then there are other things that are, we remember, but, you know, they don't make the priority list. They, they, you know, when your wife calls and says, will you pick up a gallon of milk on your way home and you got everything else to do and you forget and you go, well, it really wasn't that high on my list today, but that's really men. That's probably not the best thing to say at that moment. It's just, yes, ma'am, I'll go back and get it. You, you know, there are things that we do. So the question has to be when we come to the Sabbath, when we remember it, how do we remember it? Does it fall in an important category or an unimportant category? Yeah, it should be important. But now, for those of you who have answered that or have thought about it, think about how you treat the Sabbath. See, for everything that's important to us, we make sure we spend time and energy there. We make sure we, we plan it, we organize it, we're, we, we stay on top of it. It's time to go to the drugstore. It's time to, 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 to get this medicine. It's time to do this. We know we have to do it, so we do it because it's important to our health. The Sabbath is important to our spiritual health. So God gives the Ten Commandments. He comes to this place and he says, I need you to remember it. It's interesting, in this place we're, we're looking at the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, but in Deuteronomy we see the same thought process and they look at them from two different places. At this moment we're remembering it because we see the example that God gave us in creation. That on six days he worked and then on the seventh day he rested. But in Deuteronomy when we read it, there it's a reflection back to what he did to Israel, leading them out. A redemption piece. Both of those are important for us to think about when it comes to the Sabbath because we're to, to remember it, but also the second thing is to keep it holy. We keep it holy because, one, we see the example that God set for us by working six days and giving us one to rest, but we also keep it holy because, as we see in Deuteronomy, it's a response to his grace and love of bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. So it's to keep holy. So not only is there a, a what, but now we are to keep it 
holy, the how. Well, how do we keep something holy? What does holy look like? Because oftentimes for us on Sunday, it, it's one of those days that we think of as a, an extra weekend, an extra day in the weekend that we get to go play and do. It's a, it's, a, it's a day, it used to be the day we caught up on everything we did in the weekend, uh, the week, but now it's let's do everything in the weekend and we'll catch up while we work on Monday. When we keep it holy, it's, it's really the, the thought process is focusing on the creator of the Sabbath. When we think of holy, it's about understanding that God is... Lord of the Sabbath. In fact, Jesus tells his disciples in the three of the Gospels that he's Lord of the Sabbath. And when we think about Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath, we have to stop and ask ourselves, how is it that Scripture plays out the Sabbath and what does that look like for us? And how does that become holy for us? Is it just a day that, that we get to lay around and do nothing? No, that's not the Sabbath. That's a day of rest. The Sabbath is a day in which we focus on the creator of the universe. So there's a part for us that we, we have this moment of worship in which we, we gather and we worship and we acknowledge that this day is only because of the one who loved us. This, our redemption is only because he loved us. And so we come to this place and we recognize it's a holy day. But we also have to come and we think about worship. We also have to think about being still. There used to be a game we'd play with students, and, and uh, we've done it with adults. Students typically do it better than adults, no offense. Um, but what we do is we ask everybody, we take people, 30 to 60 people in a room, and we say, here's what we want you to do. Close your eyes. Don't say anything. And we're going to just be still. Now, you think that's easy. It's easy for the first 10 seconds. And then you get 20 seconds and it gets fidgety in our seats. We begin to think, well, what we need to be doing. And then what we'd find was we, we'd play this game and we'd say, okay, there's, there's 60 of us in the room. We're going to count from 1 to 60. And you can only count once. There's no pattern. You can't go around the room. You can't tap anybody. So here's what we want you to do. Just sit still. Relax. And you call out a number. But if somebody else calls the number out when you call it, we're going to start all over. You know how frustrating it can be when you get to 40 and somebody, two people go, 41. Nope, sorry, you got to start all over. What we learn in that process is we're not very patient, but we're not very still either. To keep it holy, not only do we worship, but there is a being still and recognizing who God is. Now, I have to confess, this message is probably directed more at me than anybody else in this room. Because I don't sit still very well. In fact, if I'm sitting still and we are at a restaurant, my wife will have to kick me if we're with a couple to tell me to stop bouncing my leg up and down. Because I am thinking, what else do I got to do? Where else am I going? What else is happening? You know. So yesterday, I, I practiced this. 
I just went and I sat outside and I just sat and just tried to be still. And I tried to just give that time to God to say, Lord, you speak. I, I, and, and again, I just shut up. And I can tell you, I didn't, I, I didn't last very long. Why? Because everything else came racing to my mind. Oh, you need to fix that. Oh, did you see that piece over there? Man, you really need to stain this deck. You, you know, then I have to stop. God, I only want you. The Sabbath is designed for us to remember and keep it holy. It's to shut down from everything but God alone. The third we think, thing we see in this text is that we guard it. Keep it. Guard it. Watch over it. We guard a lot of things that we value. We guard family time. We guard our money. We guard our possessions. How much time do we guard for God? In your week, how much time do you give God? When it comes to the Sabbath, do you guard it in a way that, that you just let God have control? And listen, I can promise you it is countercultural to do that. Everybody thinks we now need to run faster, harder than we've ever run. But let me just remind you of a couple of companies who decided they would guard the Sabbath. This doesn't mean that everybody that works for them understands what the Sabbath looks like. It doesn't mean that everybody who works for them is going to church. It doesn't mean that, but as a corporation, they have stopped and realized the Sabbath is important. And they're going to hold to it. And if you follow these two companies, you recognize how successful they are. Chick-fil-A. Hobby Lobby. People go, you can't make it in the restaurant business without being open on Sunday. I don't know about you, but Chick-fil-A is pretty good. I, I, the last time you bended through a Chick-fil-A, Drew, I wish we'd have bought stock in it when, we, when Drew came along. We, don't, we can't pat. It's like me and Krispy Kreme. If we see a, a Chick-fil-A for Drew, we got to pull in. And so... When we do, the lines are always long. They opened a second one in Bowling Green and I thought oh, it would be easier. Daggone, it's worse than it was before. Hobby Lobby is the same way. Why they guard, I think, I think God blesses them because they guard it. You can argue with me that it's a product, but I think it's, at the end of the day, it's just chicken. But I think God's blessing it. Imagine what God could do in your life and in my life if we start guarding the Sabbath. Stopping, saying no, that I can't go all over and do everything. I just, I need to spend that day worshiping and resting in the Savior. What would your life look like? How would it drastically change your outcome come Monday morning? Your attitude towards people, your relationship with your family, and your spouse. There's a guarding here that has to take place. 
And the thing is, and you know this, that if you don't guard your time and your things, other people will feel that. If you, if you ever have to work off a calendar, you know if you don't start blocking out your own time that others will take that time from you. Because somebody's always going to come up with a good idea. Somebody's always going to come up with something you can do. But if you don't guard it, who will? Which leads me to the fourth thing, the why. We see in this text that we're going to follow God's example. We're going to follow God's example. God gives us the, the reason here. He, he labored six days. Then he rested on that Sabbath. Do you think God, the creator of the universe, needed to rest on that Sabbath? I, I really don't think he did. He's God. He, you know, I think he could do a lot, but I think he needed to set the example for us. He needed to show us what it looks like. Just as he showed us the greatest love we've ever seen in that his son Jesus Christ came to die for our sins. That the father would give up his son. We see that same example being played out here. We find the example through, through God. Jesus encounters some, a group of people, Pharisees, and in the Gospels, you can find them in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mark chapter 2, we find where Jesus' disciples are walking through a grain field. It's a Sabbath day. As they walk through the field, they are just kind of picking the head off the, the grain as they walk. Now, it's certainly okay to do that, even though it wasn't their field. We find that if you were walking and traveling and you did that in Deuteronomy, you, you could take the, the grain. But what we catch in the Gospels is that there's a group of religious leaders who are desperately trying to find a reason to get Jesus in trouble. So on this Sabbath day, they're standing at a distance somewhere and they watch the disciples and probably Jesus himself pull the head off the grain, rub it in their hand, take the trash out and eat the, the grain. And at that moment, they run to Jesus and they accuse the disciples of breaking the Sabbath. Jesus has a whole conversation with them. And the, the problem is the Pharisees had been trying to follow God's example of the day on the Sabbath, but they had become a ritualistic group of people. I mean, there were... There were we read the scripture where we're to keep the Sabbath holy. The Pharisees took that to a whole new level and began in the Mishnah talking about all the things you couldn't do, how far you couldn't walk, what you couldn't eat, how you could do this, what you, just a whole host of things. And it's at this moment that Jesus looks at these Pharisees and he begins to have a heart question, not a deed question. You see, the Sabbath can't be something we're just checking a box off and said, well, we went to church today. Done. It all has to do with our heart. How well does our heart connect to the Father? Is it about our love relationship with him or another box checked in our to-do? See, if we come to the place and we begin to have heart relationships and recognize it's about our heart, it transforms. It, it changes the way we evaluate the Sabbath. So, 
Let's go back to our first question. Remembering. Is remembering the Sabbath important or unimportant for you? And how you answer that is how you, how it's played out. Not in a legalistic kind of way, but is your heart in tune in the right way with the Father? Or are you just kind of drifting along, kind of remembering, oh yeah, I was supposed to do that? So thinking about the Sabbath and thinking about this series tune-up, we've been looking at how we are to tune up our lives and what we're to do. We talked the first week about the importance of prayer. We've talked about the importance of Bible study. Remembering the Sabbath is the third. And as I was thinking about this, and every week I'm kind of giving you a little thought on mechanical and how things are tuned up, I, I had the, the moment this week that reminded me what life is like when we don't spend time recognizing the Sabbath. This week, I, week yesterday, Friday, I got our old car out, Pam's dad's 65 Mustang. And, and uh, I needed to take it out and just ride, drive it. I hadn't driven it in a while, and so it was, it was a beautiful day. And so I, I just got the car out. And I remember the last time I'd gotten the car out and drove it that it was leaking antifreeze. And so I thought, well, I need to check. It was full of antifreeze. And I was going to take it up to town. I was going to, I was going to have somebody look at it just to make sure it's in good shape and two or three other things. So I was going to schedule that appointment. But I was going to drive it, and I wasn't going to drive it far. So if, if I had a problem, I wouldn't be far from home. So as I was driving around town and enjoying the pretty sunshine and, and the convertible, I, I pull up to, the, to this, this place of business that I was going to have look at it. And we're standing there talking to them. They were admiring the car. And, and I said, I, I need you just to, to it has been a while. I want somebody just to look at it from bumper to bumper, just to make sure everything's okay so that, you know, if you wanted to drive it to Bowling Green or Nashville, you could do that. It just, it just, you know, it doesn't get driven that often. As I'm standing there, I look, and there's the radiator. And a freeze is pouring out on the ground. And I thought, well, that's why I brought it. So we walked over, and, and we looked. Now, the, it wasn't a problem. I, you got to know old cars, and I overfilled the radiator. And on a 65 Mustang, you got to come about that far down, and it won't spill out the valve. Well, I'd gotten it too high. But that didn't make my point. My point is... When we go through life and we don't stop and have a Sabbath, our lives just keep getting faster and faster and faster. And at some point, we're going to boil over. At some point, we're going to come to this place and, and life's just going to come crashing down on us. Something's got to give because we're not resting in the Father like we should. Maybe you're here today and that's your place that you are right now. Life is throwing you a lot of things and, and you keep going and going and going. And that temperature gauge, that internal temperature gauge you've got is, is getting up there. It's getting hot. It's getting, it's getting to that point. And if you don't do something, you're going to, you're going to dispute. And when you do that, you're going to do that to your family, to your coworkers. You're going to do that to all sorts of people. And people are going to look at you and go, what's wrong with you? And the truth of the matter is, you've been running your own race. You've been running your own life. You've not been 
coming to the Father and resting in the Father and knowing that the Father has a purpose and a plan for you and that purpose is for six days do what you need to do but on the seventh would you just rest in me worship me understand that I am a holy God who loves you unconditionally would you just slow down and cast your cares and your burdens on me may you find rest in me friends I don't know if that's where you are today I don't know what you're you're running through but Here's the thing I do know. You can only run so hard. You can only run so fast for so long. Until life gets to the point that it bubbles over. And on this Father's Day, I would remind dads that we, myself included, often don't set the example because we think, I need to do this for my family. I need to do this for job I need to do this when God says no you don't would you find rest in him today if you're here this morning if you never confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior you don't understand what it means to have a Sabbath or resting in him but we'd love to share that with you we'd love to help you understand that that God so loved the world that whoever gave his whoever believes in him would not perish have everlasting life but God gave his only son maybe you're here this morning you just want prayer maybe your life is spinning and running so fast this morning we want to do that for you would you stand with us as we sing our hymn of invitation if there's a decision on your heart I'll be here uh, Mike and JJ are out in the hall here in our connect center we'd love for you to connect with them pray with them w- would you just this moment Stop. Be honest to God on the on the the path of life you are and rest in knowing that God loves you. You've not gone too far. You've not run over that cliff. You've not you've not you've not done anything that he doesn't love you for. He's waiting for you to return. Father, in this moment we lift up